time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. You're looking at a species of flimsy little two-legged animal with extremely small heads whose name is Man. Warren Markison, age 35. Samuel A. Conrad, age 31. Hey, let's get ready, Sam. We've only got a couple of hours. They're taking a highway into space. Man unshackling himself and sending his tiny groping fingers up into the unknown. Their destination is Mars. And in just a moment, we'll land there with them. Episode 25 of The Twilight Zone is uh, people are alike all over. And uh, once again, after a few years, a uh, few episodes, sorry, uh, on Earth, Sean, we're back in outer space. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> it's about time. And, uh, you know, a couple observations here. Um, you know, we, we, we first meet uh, Warren Markison and uh, Samuel A. Conrad, no relation. Uh, they're, they're standing outside, uh, you know, just out, out the other side of the fence from a, from a launch pad, uh, you know, waiting to, to hop in the rocket and, and go to Mars. And uh, I just couldn't get past the fact that they're looking at an Atlas uh, rocket. <laughs> yeah. It was the same kind that sent John Glenn into orbit. That yeah. thing getting you to Mars. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's absolutely not going to. <laughs> And only people, only people with 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 our background would would understand that, Keith. Yeah, and yeah. Bo- most people are thinking twice about it. I'm looking at it and like this episode is ruined for me. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't hit me until you just said it. Too. <laughs> I was I was focusing on uh, Warren Markison, age thirty five, and Samuel Conrad, age thirty one. Oh wow! So. Uh... Uh, Twilight Zone age syndrome. I'm not sure. Uh, it's Roddy McDowell, uh, isn't it? Doesn't he play Samuel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how old he would have been uh, at the time? Let's see. Uh, Roddy McDowell was born in 28, so 32. So 32. So that's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. <laughs> uh, you know. So another thing that jumped out at me, in addition to the fact that uh, hey. That's an Atlas rocket. Don't climb in that thing trying to get to Mars. It's not no. going to get you there. No. Uh, is, you know, Mark uh, Conrad is definitely like, so, you know, we talked about uh, uh, Corey, was it in, uh, in, in the, uh, the, the previous episode where, you know, he goes, he, uh, he goes nuts, kills everybody on his mission. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, wondering like what sort of psychological screening they go through that he actually made. <laughs> and I, I'll have it, having the same thought here with uh, Samuel A. Conrad. Uh, here's apparently the first trip to Mars. And this guy's like, I don't want to go. He doesn't want to go. Uh, he doesn't trust anybody. And he's kind of a scaredy cat. A little bit. Yeah. It seems like uh, if nothing else for the news coverage of the first flight to Mars, you would want somebody who's a little bit more enthusiastic. Uh, <laughs> think, oh God, I don't want to go. Like Markinson's dying wish is just to see like, it's just to see 
like he asked Conrad to open the door of the ship as he's dying. And he just wants to see like the beauty of like his craft, his job, like what he gave his life to, to see. And Conrad's like, nah, man, nah, that's fine. I'm not going to do that for you. Uh, and uh, while they're still on Earth, uh, Marcuson uh, ex- uh, expresses his philosophy that uh, people are alike everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that means that there's, there's nothing to be scared of because, you know, uh, if we if we meet any little green men on Mars, uh, there'll be people just like us and uh, and everything will be fine. And and uh, Conrad is uh, is a little bit more uh, cynical on uh, on human nature. And so when they end up crashing uh, on Mars, which I they, they never explain anything that happened in the actual crash. But I like to think that it was something that Conrad did. I like to think it was it was the it was the most successful voyage of an Atlas rocket. <laughs> well, yeah, it probably had something. The fact that it crashed probably had something to do with the fact that it was an Atlas rocket <laughs> to send people to Mars and to send people in, into orbit. Um, uh, no, but, but I'm sure that like he, he was, you know, like trying to distract Marcuson saying, Oh, I guess we can't get to Mars. Let's go back home or something like that. And that's what, (laughs) that's what happened. Um, but uh, we don't, we don't know that for sure. We just know that they crash and, um, Marcuson at one point seems to be, uh, more or less. Okay. It seems to be, uh, getting better. And then just uh, uh, at some point takes a turn for the worst and basically uh, is is clearly dying. Yeah. And and as you said, uh, the one thing he wants is for Conrad to open the door so that he can see Mars. Because if I'm dying getting to Mars, I might as well see Mars and not the inside of this little tiny uh, Atlas rocket. Sure. <laughs> well, Conrad, of course, refuses because he's a scaredy cat. <laughs> and, uh, um. Uh, you know, ultimately, I, I don't think he ever actually opens the door. I think uh, somehow the Martians open the door. Yeah, it's like uh, I don't know. I, I imagine it's the the telepathy. <laughs> it's that classic Martian telepathy. Uh, of course, it is. Uh, and uh, and when when he you know finally uh, pokes his head out, um, he uh, uh, first of all they're all wearing togas. Which I, I thought was a little interesting. Or, or no, it's not, they're not actually togas. They're they're like um, the wardrobe took me out of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> the Atlas rocket, what, what the Atlas rocket did for you, the the, the Martian wardrobe really t- really really hit me hard. Yeah, okay, I I don't get that. Are the uh, well, you know, I'd assume in uh, well, no, yeah. So so I'm looking at it, and they're, they're not. They're not really togas. They're more like tunics that they put belts on. Basically. But uh, like I, I get that, that Mars is, uh, is probably a, a desert. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a warm climate, so they want to have you know, something sure. on that's, that's pretty cool. Or um, something that breathes. Yeah, and, and that's probably what they're going for. But it just kind of ends up looking like they're wearing skirts. <laughs> um, which... Uh, which which works very well for Tina. Uh, see, because it's Mars, so it couldn't be Tina. It's got to be Tina. Of course. Uh, <laughs> for, for the dudes, not so much though. No. <laughs> uh, but but it ultimately turns out that uh, uh, they 
um, they, they don't speak English, but they are able to communicate with him anyway. It's that uh, classic Martian telepathy. Exactly. Um, uh, like that's, it, it's like, uh, it's like Bigfoot. Like we just know all these things about Bigfoot apparently. And, um, same thing about Martians. We just know Martians, they're going to be telepathic. Have you seen the show not finding Bigfoot? <laughs> I, I have. Yes. It's, it's a good show. T- 10 seasons of not finding Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, so uh, eventually uh, Marcus gets pretty uh, chummy chummy with the, uh, with the Martians and they take him to, uh, to a house and you know, like I, I, I was probably very young when I first saw this episode. So it's, it's, you know, tough for me to put my, my self in the headspace of somebody seeing it for the first time. Sure. But like, if you're Samuel Conrad, um, you land on Mars, you see people who look just like you and they take you to a house that they just happen to build for you. Something's a little weird there. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, we already have this for you. Wait a minute. Here's this house we prepared for you earlier. <laughs> like there's a refrigerator and a stove, but how... Like, are, are you then going to make Martian food with, with your <laughs> refrigerator? Uh, we have this lovely, uh, we have this lovely book by the Canimates. <laughs> How to cook humans. <laughs> How to cook four humans. How to cook 40 humans. Um, yeah, so so that that would strike me as a little odd. And, and we're not, uh, we're not sure how long he's actually, uh, actually in the house. But uh, ultimately, uh, he learns that uh, he's basically in a zoo. Yes. And uh, th- this was actually, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was actually kind of a, uh, a, a plot of an episode of Futurama. Yeah, yeah. The- uh, except in that case, uh, uh, Fry and Leela go on a, a vacation to, a, uh, to a, a, a planet. It turns out that the little hut that they're in uh, you know for their romantic getaway it turns out it's actually in a zoo the um oh man i gotta rewatch futurama um the uh re-watching this i i kind of enjoyed it it kind of seemed like your classic like twilight zone twist and i actually really really enjoyed it and uh you know Unlike a lot of uh, of Twilight Zone episodes, um, like this, there's really nothing catastrophic about it. I mean, there is for Markison because of course, he's yeah, he's with us. But yeah. for Conrad, there isn't. Like he, he basically goes from. I, I think he's he's really Conrad is getting his comeuppance because when we when we see him both uh, on Earth before they leave and. Uh, after they crash land on Mars, he's just very annoying. Like, he's annoying. Um, not really hurting anybody, but he's he's just annoying. And so now uh, he gets to spend the rest of his life being annoyed at the fact that he's in a zoo. I mean, he's not going <laughs> to world. They're going to take good care of him, but he's stuck in a zoo. So I, I think this is a, sort of a perfect ending for Samuel Conrad. He seems uh, so annoying that like he it's like a beer commercial where like, you know, a, an old dirty swimming pool turns into like a, a like a um, like 
you know, it, it's suddenly filled with water and the sun shining and there's b- b- bikini clad babes all around and somebody's like, I could get used to this. I think Conrad is the kind of guy who's like, oh, I could get used to this. Like, <laughs> he's just gonna, he's just gonna, you know, uh, uh, basically get all his food served to him and he, and he's got a nice house and everything. Um, and, uh, he's probably got a wife back home. Um, I mean, he's at the ripe old age of 32, um, in the sixties. So, you know, he's probably in the real world. We would say that, uh, that he's probably too annoying to have a, uh, to have somebody, uh, actually agree to marry him. But at the same time, you know, we've, we've seen so many, uh, so many characters in the twilight zone who, who somehow had found somebody who agreed to be their uh, their their soulmate. Um, that that it it's not uh, inconceivable that he's he is married. Who was uh, what was the episode that we watched when um, he calls his wife a ham sandwich and then he accidentally throws her off the top of the building? No, that was uh, he called his wife a potato pancake. A potato pancake. <laughs> Uh, that was that was escape clause where yes he, yes <laughs> the guy actually uh, makes the de- the deal with the devil uh, to live forever and make it like a month. Uh, yeah. I think I think I could probably last like five weeks. Okay. I'd, I'd make it a lot longer. Yeah, I I, I like to think so. I, I like to think that uh, first of all, uh, you know, I'm not going to judge the guy because maybe if if. If you know you're going to live forever, maybe it, uh, maybe you're like, oh, there's no consequences, and, and maybe, maybe you do decide, oh, I'm going to throw somebody off a roof or something, just, just, just for fun. <laughs> but uh, the fact that he did it so quickly—that's that—that's what bothers me. <laughs> Thirty days, I lasted. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, one, one thing that I, I will say, and, and I and I hate to criticize him too much because because uh, he did he did pass away, but uh, uh, Marcuson, can you can you not be so dramatic while you're dying? Oh my god, just yeah. over the and, top, over the top. It's like the uh, uh, the music in the episode a, a couple weeks ago, uh, "A World of Difference," where it's like. Yeah, we get it. You're dying. Oh, <laughs> uh, you'll be remembered more with less, my friend. <laughs> although, although I guess, like, uh, if you're an actor and you're told, "Hey, act like you're dying," it's not like you've ever done it before. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to go on. Like, did you did you ever see that uh, um, uh, Christopher Lee uh, when they were filming uh, uh, Lord of the Rings? Uh, like, w- was actually like. Basically, had to like sit down, Chris, uh, uh, Peter Jackson, and say, now, "Now, listen, I've actually seen people stabbed with swords. That's not what it sounds like." <laughs> oh, Christopher Lee ruled. <laughs> he, he was. He's. Uh, I don't know if there were he. He was ever nominated for a Grammy for this, but he was like. He he was like the the lead vocals on like a heavy metal track at age like 77 yeah yeah so i i guess that I, i'm i'm criticizing him because it's it seemed like uh you know he was hamming it up a little bit but you, you got to remember that you know the actor who was playing uh, marcuson he was basically told all right your rocket ship crash landed on mars you sustained uh injuries that we you know that we don't actually know yeah 
about uh, and dying. Go. Go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so I guess I guess we can't really criticize him too much. But yeah, uh, I don't. I don't uh, think I could do it, but maybe I could do it a little bit better. Yeah. So, um, uh, so you know, like uh, in Jurassic World, for example, uh, they were creating new dinosaurs because people had become bored with just seeing dinosaurs uh, at at Jurassic World. So, like, how long do you think, like, Marcus, or not uh, Marcus, and he's dead. Uh, how, how long do you think uh, Samuel Conrad would have been, like, the star attraction at the Martian Zoo before they would have had to do something to shake things up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'd say he'd probably last about a year, an Earth year. Um, I think that, uh, you know, if he's the only human, it's going to be – He's he'll he'll be there for for a solid year. Yeah, I mean he's he's the only human. You got to think that not everybody on Mars uh, has the means to get to the uh, to get to the zoo. So you'd probably have a nice steady flow of people seeing him for the first time. Um, yeah. Plus, you could do things like, uh, you know, turn off the electricity for a few days in his apartment just to spice things up. Oh yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll start screwing with them. Um, it is, it is interesting that people on earth, uh, remarkably just look like people on Mars. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that, uh, except they, they're wearing, uh, some sort of tunic with a belt <laughs> yes. because they're, they're wearing tunics. <laughs> So, so I don't know that there's any uh, important life lessons we can take from people are like all over. Aside from, you know, w- when you think about it, it's not that different from uh, what an animal goes through to actually be in a zoo. So yeah, <laughs> like I, I've never been one to to really kick up a fuss about that. I, I do enjoy going to zoos, but uh, you know, that that is what an animal would go through. <laughs> one might almost say people are like all over. Yes. And next week, uh, we'll be tackling the execution, which is a, a an extremely, uh, extremely cheerful story. From astronauts to cowboys. Species of animal brought back alive. Interesting similarity in physical characteristics to human beings in head, trunk, arms, legs, hands, feet. Very tiny, undeveloped brain comes from primitive planet named Earth, calls himself Samuel Conrad. And he will remain here in his cage with the running water and the electricity and the central heat as long as he lives. Samuel Conrad has found the Twilight Zone. Cabotron?